Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I've been ionized, but I'm okay now. Okay, let's move on to a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from Brad, and Brad says, How about a series of podcasts that explain the technologies of medicine, between the diagnostics like MRI, X-ray, CT scans, and nuclear medicine, to rehabilitative therapies like ultrasound and electrical stimulations? There are a lot of different possibilities. Well, Brad, we agree with you. Uh, Now, granted... Those are that's a lot of topics, so we can't yeah. really we, we definitely cannot tackle them all in one go because we would be here for five hours, and I am exhausted. So we are going to just do one of those. However, it is one of the more technically difficult ones to talk about in a way. It's magnetic resonance imaging or MRIs. Yeah, you know it's funny that you just said five hours. Yeah, because the very first MRI 
which was conducted on July 3rd, 1977, took about five hours. That's right. It took almost five hours to get one image. And what was weird was the image was of a man waving. <laughs> no, that's that part's a lie. That part's a lie. Well, well the, mm. the, that, that image was uh, uh, from a um, graduate student. Yes. Uh, because the original, uh, well, one hesitates to use the word victim, but subject... <laughs> The original subject of the first MRI was supposed to be the fellow who was kind of the driving force behind inventing the MRI machine, Mm -hmm. Uh, Raymond Demadian. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, Raymond was not able to be the first subject of the first MRI because... He didn't fit. Yeah, he was, uh, he had a little too much junk in the trunk. (laughs) That's, that's, never mind. I'm not even going to get in there. Dude, my, my trunk has got so much junk in it. I'm just saying. So, uh, yeah, Demadian was not able to, uh, he was disappointed when he first used the, his machine because it didn't work. And at first he thought that perhaps all this work he had been putting into, uh, developing this device was for naught. And then someone suggested that perhaps a slightly thinner subject might be, uh, better suited for the first test. And so one of the graduate students that was working with him stepped up to the plate and said that, they would take the place. And it, indeed, it worked. It did take about five hours. Um, that's that's a long time to be in an MRI machine. <laughs> yes. And it, well, another, uh, just another trivia fact for those of you who uh, like to play trivia games. Uh, the very first machine was called the Indomitable. Yes. And you can actually see the Indomitable. Yes. It's at the Smithsonian. Yes. So I wonder if... The abominable snowman could be have an MRI in the in, in the indomitable. I I am almost certain that the abominable snowman has even more junk in the trunk than yeah. Demadian. Probably probably does. I'll I'll ask my sister. She knows him. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no. You're right. That's true. She I'm does. not making it up. Um, so uh, so but yeah. There there's a very small space uh, in an MRI machine. Yeah. Um. And uh, do you think we should mention, before we get into the technology behind it, what you would use an MRI for? Sure, sure. Why don't you, uh, why don't you illuminate? <laughs> okay, well, um, there, there are lots of different things yeah. that you can use an MRI for. Now, mm-hmm. what it does is it basically captures an image of your insides. Yeah. Um, I was going to say sort of like an X-ray, but not really like an X-ray at all. No, because X-rays are really good for things like bone structure and but damage to bones, uh, whereas MRIs are really good for soft tissue, like organs. Yes, and uh, if you ever have the opportunity to see pictures that have come from an MRI, uh, might be worth looking up online, but um, it's it's really fascinating. You could see a whole lot of detail. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, of detail, I mean, I could tell you a little bit about that. I've, I actually had an MRI this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, you can look for things like uh, tumors. Right. Uh, for different signs of disease, uh, torn Ligaments or mm. uh, damaged tendons, um, just irregularities in organs, all things like kinds that. of stuff. Like someone might have an enlarged heart or things of that nature. Yeah, uh, damage to blood vessels. Uh, you know, if you have anything wrong with your uh, abdominal area, um, mm-hmm. you know, you could you could look to see if there's something that's uh, that's available. And the technology is is amazing to me. The things, the report that I got back from the doctor when it was all done. I was going, how did you see all that stuff? And they sent the entire thing. So I saw all the other stuff. The um, the person who did it cataloged pretty much everything that was visible, uh, even things they weren't looking for. So I was going, 
that's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> but think, it's, but you it's think amazing the, what they can do. You think the backscatter X ray machines at the airport are in, you know, are really detail oriented? Well, also, I found the key to my back door. It, it was it was it was inside there all the time, and I wondered what happened to it. I, apparently, it fell in my burrito. Oh, uh, okay. I I was wondering if that was a euphemism. No, okay. actually, actually, we'll get into this. If there had been a key, that would have been bad. That would have been extremely bad. All right, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about MRIs and why they are important. Besides the fact that they look at your squishy bits as opposed to your skeletal system, like all the the, the your lungs and liver and all that kind of stuff, that they're really good for that. Um, That's it's a an, scientific term, isn't it? Squishy bits. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not. A, I'm I'm no magician. <laughs> um, I don't have my medicinal degree. Uh, the it's it's non-invasive. No, mm-hmm. so that means that, you know, it, it doesn't. There's no uh, there's no incisions that have to be made, and also, unlike X-rays, it is uh, it's not an ionizing form of re- radiation. Mm-mm. Right now, X-rays are uh, that is a, a form of ionizing radiation, which means that when the X-rays hit you, they can create uh, ions, which you know it's essentially it's stripping electrons away from from uh, atoms, mm-hmm. and this can cause cells to be damaged. It can cause mutations, which is why you hear about, you know, it's, it's, it's why anyone who works in an x-ray laboratory, I was about to say laboratory. <laughs> I, was, I could hear it. It was so, great. I, I, I don't know why that has, every now and then, I, laboratory, my schedule has me in the laboratory this afternoon. The, um, but anyone who works in one of those, they, they usually have to be, uh, behind like a, a protective barrier for whenever they're running the machines. Uh, it's why when you get an x-ray done of your teeth you may have to wear uh, like the lead apron yeah um, because too much exposure to too too many uh, x-rays can cause damage mm-hmm. well mris do not use that kind of radiation there is radiation that's involved but it's not that it's not that ionizing radiation so it's there's no real damage um, that that could happen on that on that in that way there mm-hmm. are ways to get damaged getting an MRI, and you alluded to one of them earlier. Yes. So um, what exactly is going on here? The MRI, uh, I, we said that that stands for magnetic resonance imaging. Mm-hmm. That magnetic, of course, is the really big part of this. There's a an enormous magnet that is um, uh, generating a very powerful magnetic field. Yes, extremely powerful. In fact... Um uh, they they measure the field in in Tesla, not yeah. in Gauss, which is typical of measuring magnetic fields. Right, right. Gauss is a is a, a unit that's much smaller than a Tesla. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, a Tesla is equal to ten thousand Gauss. Yeah, and uh, a typical MRI machine. Um, and by the way, there's a very excellent article on uh, this website. That you mentioned earlier. Oh, right. HowStuffWorks.com? Yeah. Yeah. There is a great article on our, our MRI machines on there. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, according to that article, um, we do uh, – there there is a uh, field of about two Tesla going on. So that's 20,000 Gauss if right. you are inside the machine. And um, it, and it is a, a long machine. It's long enough to uh, you know stick a whole human in there. Yep. Um but uh, yeah, so it's it's got very very powerful magnets in there. Uh, most frequently, they're uh, permanent magnets. Uh, yeah, or, uh, superconductor magnets. magnets I'm yeah. sorry. there are some that do use permanent magnets. You're right, but the majority, but the majority use are superconductors. superconductors. Now, a superconductor is an interesting thing. They they in order to get a uh, it's essentially an electromagnet. Yeah. But to really reach superconductivity, 
they have to lower the resistance within the wires that create the magnetic field. Now, if you, I'm sure you all remember, but an electromagnet is essentially a coil of wire. You run an electric current through this coil of wire, and that generates a magnetic field. Yes. Well, all wires have a certain amount of resistance. It's dependent upon the material of the wire and the gauge of the wire. Yes. Mm-hmm. And resistance just that that that's going to inhibit the strength of the magnetic field. So to lower the resistance, you actually lower the temperature. Yes. And with superconductive magnets, you do this using liquid helium, which is incredibly cold. This is the same stuff they use to cool the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's uh, 452.4 degrees below zero, if you're talking Fahrenheit, or about 269.1 below zero Celsius. Yeah. Or as I call it on my scale... Really, 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 really cold. Yeah, you're approaching absolute zero, zero Kelvin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, zero Kelvin, absolute zero, what that means is you've reached a point where there is no molecular movement. Mm-hmm. So really when you think about temperature, in a way you're talking about how fast molecules move. That's, that's kind of a way of thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so this this way you're reducing the movement of those molecules as much as possible. You run the electric current through it, generates a very powerful magnetic field. Now, why do you create this magnetic field? Well, to do to really understand that, you have to understand that the uh, the whole basis of MRI is uh, is on the principles of nuclear magnetic resonance. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, when you hear the word nuclear, you start to freak out. Right. Well, because, I mean, you know, yeah, well, it's nuclear power plants, nuclear bombs, you think about these things that are potentially really powerful and, and devastatingly dangerous. But right. really, it just means that it, we're dealing with nuclei here. Yes. The, the nucleus of an atom. And we're talking specifically about hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Now, a hydrogen nucleus is a proton. Mm-hmm. You've got a proton and an electron, that's hydrogen. So your nucleus is just a proton. Now, Nuclear magnetic resonance is a spectroscopic technique that gets information about chemical and physical properties of a material at the microscopic level. And it was developed, it was actually discovered by uh, Felix Bloch and Edward Purcell at the same time independently in 1946. Why is it always, it seems like big advances in science are always, there are always two people at figure it out about the same time. I don't know. It, it is pretty interesting when you sit there and you think, well, you know, I, what driving forces inspired two people in different parts of the world to study the same thing and come to the same conclusion? Now, what I would argue is that that shows that science is good because <laughs> okay. it means that if you follow the scientific method, you will reach the proper conclusion in time. All right, then. So I figured there was some kind of bond between them. Science is good is the alternative title of this episode of Tech Stuff. Um, so at any rate, they, they both actually were awarded the Nobel Prize in 1952. Uh, Damadian, who, who invented the MRI machine, mm-hmm. did not win the Nobel Prize. But at any rate, uh, you've got uh, this this principle, and the principle essentially, essentially states that uh, there's this feature of of atoms called spin. Yes. Nuclear spin. Um, it's a little interesting and a little difficult to uh, explain, but but atoms are spinning in a particular direction, mm-hmm. all right, uh, independently of other materials. But if you introduce a magnetic field that's strong enough to the, uh, to the atoms, their spin will align with that magnetic field. Mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of like when you think of iron filings and a, and a magnet. If you uh, have the magnet in a certain way, the iron filings will actually start to align themselves in the in the same uh, uh, direction as the magnetic field around that magnet. Right, right. So uh, first you create this magnetic field, a powerful magnetic field, and that's using the superconductor magnet. And you start to align these proton uh uh, the, the, well, I'm sorry, not just protons, but these hydrogen nuclei mm-hmm. in the proper alignment. Then you use uh, a radio frequency that's attuned specifically to those uh, nuclei, mm-hmm. and you hit the nuclei with a frequency. When you do that, you excite some of the nuclei to a higher state uh, of energy. Mm-hmm. And then when you stop, when you remove that radio frequency, the nuclei return to their relaxed state. Right. They went. They go back to what they were doing before. Right. And by measuring this dif- difference, you can you can sort of see you know where the protons are, mm-hmm. uh, where the nuclei are. But you have to you have to get a little more specific than that. If you were just using the superconductor magnet and just using radio frequency, you would know that there were protons there, but you wouldn't really have a map. You wouldn't have an image that you could look at. It would just tell you that there were nuclei there. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is. You have to actually add more magnets to the mix and create a a, a, a gradiated magnetic field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this this gradation, this variable magnetic field, gives you more information, and you can actually map out what uh, uh, the the inside of something looks like based upon the the position of hydrogen uh, atoms, uh, just through blasting it with radio frequencies and mm-hmm. putting this magnetic field around them. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting stuff, and it's a little complicated. Um, actually, it's a lot complicated, <laughs> uh, but because yeah, we're talking about uh, really, we're talking about nuclear physics when we get down to it. Right. And, um, and of course, whenever you talk about magnetism, eventually you get to a point where I'm just like, okay, we're well beyond what I can easily explain. Nonetheless, I really like magnets, and you know, in an They're MRI, super, super cool. Yeah, they yeah. are, but. Um, and there are actually, uh, I believe there are actually three gradient magnets in an MRI machine. Yeah. Um, and they're not as powerful as the superconductor magnet, but they right. don't need to be. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, let's see. The, uh, the tunnel, there's basically, it's, if you think about it, it kind of looks like a donut on a stand, a very long donut. Right. And you, uh, the, the hole in this case is called the bore. Yeah. B-O-R-E. Yes. Uh, I also get that term when I, go to parties but we won't go there now or, um, or sometimes when our podcast goes long yeah uh but what happens uh, when you go to uh to sit in for an mri uh you are asked to basically leave everything behind you don't wear your clothes you have to you know strip down and wear a hospital gown they ask you things like uh you know do you have any metal in your body right any screws or metal plates or yes. uh, if you have like a pacemaker Anything like that could be um, – well, that would definitely be a problem. Yes, because what what can happen uh, during the MRI process is uh, depending on the kind of metal that may be inside, say uh, it's uh, a screw, um, uh, steel screw, it, would, it could heat up and yeah. cause internal burns, which are bad. Yeah, and, and you can't have any metal in the room because it's going to fly right at that MRI machine once you turn it on. That that would be fun. No, it's not fun. No, I mean <laughs> that was sarcasm. Yeah, um, yeah. And it is, sadly, it is it has actually contributed. Well, it's contributed to a few uh, pretty 
well-publicized accidents in, yeah. in MRI uh, labs, um, including – I almost did it again. Yeah, and you almost spit coffee all over me. I did. Um, so uh, I don't know what's Guilty. with me. Laboratory. Aluminium. Uh, yes, aluminium I think is you're, – you're pretty safe. Yeah, it's not magnetic. So. And I have, uh, I have actually some, some titanium – Inside, and I was kind of wondering about that. Uh, is that what your key was made out of? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. No, uh, I I had, uh, yeah, some clips from a previous surgery. And, wow. And, uh, you know, I was kind of concerned because I knew they were made of metal. And they said, no, no, it's titanium. You're fine. You know, I honestly did not know this, but apparently Mr. Paulette is the bionic man. Well, you know... That sixty million dollars doesn't buy what it used to. <laughs> this is this is becoming all that more more and more apparent. Actually, it was six million. It wasn't sixty. 60. Well, that's the, the thing. Six it's, million. I'm no, adjusting for inflation. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So they what they do is they have you lie down on this. Um, it's sort of like a long, uh, like you might see a, a gurney. Yeah. Except yeah. it's attached to the machine. You lie down, and they uh, there are motors attached to the underside of that. And they, uh, when you are comfortably lying back on this device, they uh, the motors wheel you in. Right. And they don't necessarily have to put your entire body in the machine, which yes. is good for people who are claustrophobic. Right. And if they don't have to look at your head. It's probably better not to. Yes, you can actually go in feet first if if that's the case. I mean, um, and there are there are times where people have been sedated to uh, in order to calm down enough to be able to, to go through an MRI. But that's tricky too because one of the other parts about take, getting an MRI done is you have to stay very very still. That is the truth. Because if you move at all, then you're going to distort the image because you're going to change the position of those those nuclei, <laughs> everything that happens to be inside you. By the way, uh, in case you're wondering, we happen to have a lot of hydrogen in our bodies. Um, it's stored mostly in water and fat, but uh, uh, one figure I read said that about, oh, 63% of us is hydrogen. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's measuring where that is that we can make the um, the, the images to, to show what's happening. So, yeah, when you go in and... Uh, the magnet kicks on and the um, radio frequency starts to blast you. What's that like? Um, well, one of the things that uh, I have to say that the technician who administered the MRI that uh, that I had earlier this year uh, was very, very patient. Um, and although I'm not claustrophobic, I was a little concerned that I might uh, feel a little uncomfortable being in, in such a tight space. Uh, they did put me all the way inside the bore of the MRI machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but one nice thing that they did, uh, they gave me a set of headphones. And uh, they had, you know, gave me a variety of music to choose from, and I picked a station that I thought would be calming. Did you choose the Magnetic Fields Book of Love? No, I did not, but that is an excellent uh, series of records. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no... <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm sorry. It just kind of hit me funny. Um, but uh, that and they, they put a, a, a towel over my eyes, you know, and mm-hmm. had me lay back. And uh, they can actually talk to you from the uh, the booth. Right. So, right. They, you know, so how are you doing? How are, you, are you feeling okay? Um, you know, are you concerned? Right. Um, what they didn't tell me was it makes a whole lot of noise. Yeah. And I didn't read this article, uh, nor do any other research before I went in. Uh, so when the sounds, and I didn't hear a loud knocking. So this is an, uh, you know, I've heard that some machines, there is a loud knocking noise. Right. Now, I, I, I did not hear that. What I heard sounded like a warning klaxon from a 1972 science fiction movie. Nice. And I'm going, well, either the bombing has started. Right. And they're leaving me here to die. Right. Or this is normal. <laughs> 
Yeah, either the MRI is going as planned or the Klingons have <laughs> have materialized off the starboard bow. Exactly. I'm not kidding. It was nee, nee, and I'm going. Interesting. I, I assume that this is part of the normal functioning of the machine. And as it turned out, the Klingons left the hospital pretty much, uh, you know, untouched. So that's good. That's good. But yeah, it, it's it's a little uh, it's a little disconcerting. But I didn't really I didn't really feel a lot. Now, uh, you know, they that was up until that was probably the two thirds of the way through the MRI, and then they stopped and came in the room and had to move my body back out of the bore of the MRI. And I'm sure you probably know why that is. We got to the next phase of the MRI process. Uh, because the MRI can only do so much by itself. At one point, they ask you if you're willing to be injected with a dye. Ah, yes, a contrast dye. Yes. The this... thing is, it's it's it. Uh, from what I understand, it's radioactive and can cause some problems. Some people can have an allergic reaction to it. That is one of the dangers of the MRI is that you can you can actually suffer an allergic reaction to the contrast material. Yeah, they gave me a, a nice long form to sign, <laughs> saying. You really won't be angry at us if we kill you, right? Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. It was, uh, it was a little very more formal than that. It. Yes, and they were uh, uh, they explained it in great detail, so they were very, very nice people. But um, but it's funnier to see it the other way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so uh, they injected me with a dye, which felt very weird and uh, kind of kind of a cold feeling, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, had, I've had various dyes injected into me, both on purpose and on accident. Hey, let's see if we can turn them orange. It's a weird, weird college experience. <laughs> anyway, then they put me back inside the machine and ran the machine for another 15 minutes. The whole thing for me only took probably about an hour, yeah. I would say. Yeah, the, the, they tend to be between 15 and 45 minutes, but some can be a little longer. It all depends on the equipment, the technician, and exactly why you need to have the um, the MRI done. Because you know, if it's just one where you have to scan one little part of your body... Then obviously that's not going to take as long as if you need you know like a full body scan. Yeah. Um. When when you're being put through the bore, or when anyone really is being put through the bore, the part of the body that needs to be scanned has to be in the center of it, which is called the isocenter mm-hmm. of the bore. Um. And uh, like I said, that those uh, radio frequencies start to excite the hydrogen atoms in your body. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Flipping them, making them go to a higher uh, energy state. And then when what happens is when they go to that lower energy state, they actually give off radio frequencies. Mm-hmm. The, the atoms do. The, the nuclei give off these radio frequencies, which you use. Uh, the MRI machine picks up those radio frequencies. And that's what provides the information to, uh, to locate where the, the nuclei are and thus build the picture of what's inside you. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty cool. Now, um, now a lot of people kind of freak out because they, or some people I'm sure do because they hear the words radiation and they immediately sure. think of ionizing radiation. But we're talking about radio frequencies here, not x-rays or, or gamma rays or anything that would give you the power of super stretching abilities. So. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Got to admit, I was a little disappointed, too. Um, but there are other uh, things that can happen through an MRI that can uh, – some interesting side effects that are p- possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, not everyone can have an MRI. True. Because if you have any materials in you that would ca- would interfere, obviously that would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but also beyond that, there's the uh, – you know, if you're too large, you couldn't have an MRI – um, and yeah, the, the bore is very, very narrow. Yeah, it's t- uh, it's like two feet in diameter. Yeah. So uh, 
but uh, yeah, one of the other possible side effects I've heard about are called magnetophosphines. I'm impressed. What that I was able to say magnetophosphines? Yes, he practiced that for about a minute before you. Yeah, started. I, I just I got to magneto, and then I would say, "I'll crush you, X Men." <laughs> but um, magnetophosphines. <laughs> It, you, the phosphine kind of gives it away. It's yeah. it's it's a visual phenomena. You get these visual sensations. It's like um it's like flashes of light. Like you're like someone's taking photographs of you, which kind of they are, except it's not really photograph. No. Um, but uh, it, you're getting these flashes of light, and it, what's happening is it's it's not entirely understood, but it's it's these, these induced electrical currents that are occurring inside your retina uh, when you move through the magnetic field. Um, or that the or a magnetic field is changing around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it doesn't happen with everyone, and it's not going to happen on ev- it's not going to happen every time you get an MRI, or even if you have experienced them before. There's no guarantee that you're going to experience them again if you have another MRI. And uh, they're harmless, but I'm sure that's very disorienting. Yeah. Um, apart from these, there really aren't that many hazards to having an MRI done, uh, and there are other potential uses of MRIs that we're just starting to kind of develop now, like the the functional MRIs, Mm -hmm. which are really interesting. It's kind of making a map of the human brain. Interesting. And it can be a real-time map. You're actually looking at the images as someone is um, being subjected to various stimuli, and then you look at the patterns that are occurring in the brain, and you start to map functions that way. And uh, the way this works is uh, when you get someone to think about something, like think about moving your hand or think about the color blue or whatever, you know, whatever the the criteria are, um, oxygen goes to the brain. And the level of ox- as the level of oxygen increases in the regions where there's brain activity, that actually affects that magnetic field because oxygen's paramagnetic. Mm-hmm. And by measuring the differing levels of oxygen in the brain, you can kind of see brain activity. Interesting. Yeah, there's. It's, I mean, just the idea that you could <clears throat> you could do that. I wonder how long. It seems like that would be sort of impractical, though. Well, because you'd have to. I mean, you can't use. You, you wouldn't. You'd be limited in what you could offer. The subject in stimuli because yeah. it have to it would have to fit in the bore and not interfere with the machine well, so it would again, involve a lot of thinking and yeah, what it, you could do with but it. there's one one potential uh use I've heard that's kind of scary and interesting at the same time uh-huh. which is to use an fMRI as a new and improved lie detector that's true where you ask the subject questions and you observe the brain activity and look for uh, attempts to be subversive or uh, to elude the the question asker person mm-hmm. interrogator that's a good word we'll use that asker one asker person hey whatever man i've been up for a really long time <laughs> so um yeah that's that's kind of the the uh, overall st- statement about uh, mris and how they work it's it's really a very fascinating subject and if you really want to delve into the science uh dr joseph p hornack h o r n a k uh, of um, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology has a hypertext textbook on MRIs online. It's free. You can cool. read all about everything, the science behind MRIs, the math behind it, the math behind electron spins and, and nuclei spins. It's really fascinating reading, and it goes into way more detail. And um, you may need... Uh, it, most, of the, most of the text is 
pretty understandable to someone who's got you know a good grounding in math and science, but some mm-hmm. of it's going to go beyond that. So you know, if you are interested in this sort of thing, I do recommend it. And also our article, if you want to have kind of the the general overview, and you know, we dive into the science, but we don't get so far down that you need a degree in science or mathematics in order to understand it. Uh, our article at HowStuffWorks.com is also great, so I do recommend that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up this discussion on MRIs. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics, we do plan on hitting some of these other medical topics in the future. Yeah. Um, so uh, keep an ear out for those. Maybe we'll even have another, like, we've got our movie-making series, our medical series, focus on series, demystifying series. We could have called this demystifying the MRI, I guess. Uh, but if you have any suggestions for similar topics, let us know. You can let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can email us, and that address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, With SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare it's brand new season two i'm marissa thalberg and i'm stephen wolf and we're excited to be back having bigger bolder and always real conversations Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 